You know how fast you were going? What? How fast you were going? I don't know. Ten? Eight. Be advised, this is an explicit podcast, so if you're easily offended, get your panties twisted into a knot, turn this off before you get butt hurt and mad, start to cry, have to run to your safe space. All opinions are those of the host and his guest, and do not reflect the opinions of any government agency. Welcome to Murder Cop Chronicles Podcast, I'm your host Iceman, uh, we got a guest, so let me get the housekeeping out the way. We'll introduce them and get them going. First thing we're going to do is get the Patreon on. So our full crew members, they're helping me pay some bills. We got T-Bird. We all know who she's related to, right? We got Mr. Jim P., our uh, race car driver. Mr. Hobby Hopperson, our truck driver. We have Roy S., Roy Spaulding, not Roy with the P., we got JoJo, our favorite girl from down under, Miss Kaylee Norris. We and we have Natasha A. Kaylee and Natasha, our two girls from Washington, and the OG, Melissa Holstein. Y'all remember if y'all want a good cigar, great cigar, by a Patriot, locally owned, go to mypatriotcigar.com and use the promo code MOTORCOP15 and you'll get 15% off of your cigar, your entire order. If you order $100 or more, you'll get free shipping. So go to mypatriotcigar.com, get your cigars. You'll you'll thank me later. And uh, if you want more of me, you can go to the Patreon, three different levels. You'll get text, pictures, videos, and if you're a full crew member, you'll get live stream and... Uh, videos and stuff like that you can go check that out and if you'd like any gear merch you can go to the website all the links are at the bottom to follow us and go to the etsy store or go to uh, motor cop chronicles etsy store and get your merch there so without further ado we're gonna introduce mr uh prior sergeant sergeant john kelly uh I'm not sure if he was a police department or a sheriff's office in Florida. No, sheriff's office, brother. Sheriff's so office. He was with an SO like me, and he is retired. He did his 30 and got out. <laughs> 30 was enough, man. 30 was enough. I, I don't blame you. I got two years and 11 months left. You're counting it down, man, like you got a, like you got a prison sentence. <laughs> feel like it sometimes. <laughs> Just trying to get out and alive now. Yeah, I, I don't blame you, man. I don't blame you. And he's also an author. I think he's uh, published uh, one. You got one book out right now? Yeah, one. We're throwing around one right now. Now, I don't want anybody to get fooled because I was fooled at first because when he said he he retired 30 years from Florida, and I'm like, man, where to put that accent? Yeah. <laughs> no, I know. So, yeah, I, I did the first, uh, the first 30 up in Boston, you know, and it came down here and, uh, there was no room at the end for baby Jesus up in Boston when I was trying to get on the job. So uh, I had to move south, and uh, I got picked up by uh, Broward, Broward Sheriff's Office down there. So you got Dade, Dade's Miami, mm -hmm. Broward, think of Broward as Fort Lauderdale, and then you got Palm Beach County, you know, Trump, Mar-a-Lago, yeah. and that, that whole mess. So yeah, I'm right smack in the middle there. And uh, so you you worked as uh, Leo up in uh, Boston too? No, nah, man, I, I I got out of school and uh, you know just trying to get a job doing anything, and uh, they just weren't having it, man. I was trying to get hired back in late eighties, early nineties, you know ninety, and uh, it just wasn't happening. And I actually, I answered there was an ad in the Boston Globe. You know, come down to South Florida. At the time, they had just started cops. That you know, that, yeah. that show, yeah. and uh, I guess you you got us to blame for all that nonsense, man. Because it started with Sheriff Nick Navarro in the Broward County Sheriff's Office. So I was like, 
man, maybe I'll run down there. I'll, I'll run around with those knuckleheads and, you know, see what's going on. The cops and when they had live PD and whatever they have out now, I don't remember what it was yeah. called, but uh, what they fail to let you know when you're watching it, they just show them running, gunning, catching bad guys. They don't show the hours of paperwork <laughs> goes nah, involved after they do all that stuff. That did that 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 those uh those those clips made it to the on the cutting room floor, I think. Yeah, yeah they weren't not you got five five minutes of excitement for four hours of paperwork. Yeah. I was watching as I got older, especially after I got in law enforcement. I'd see a cop saying, Come on, if I if I watched it, I'm like yeah, I was like, the only reason they didn't, uh, he was that, they went on with kids' gloves because them cameras was there. Oh, yeah, listen, that was, it was one of the the less intelligent things I think we did, which is inviting, you know, inviting the TV crews with us. Welcome to. Welcome to Murray or Doctor with that accent. Yeah, Boston, Largo, and uh, it just wasn't happening. And I actually, I answered. There was an ad in the Boston Globe. You know, come down to South Florida. At the time, they had just started cops. That you know, that, yeah. that show. Yeah. And uh, I guess you you got us to blame for all that nonsense, man, because it started with Sheriff Nick Navarro in the Broward County Sheriff's Office. So I was like. Man, maybe I'll run down there. I'll, I'll run around with those knuckleheads and, you know, see what's going on. But cops and when they had live PD and whatever they have out now, I don't remember what it was yeah. called. But uh, what they fail to let you know when you're watching it, they just show them running, gunning, catching bad guys. They don't show the hours of paperwork <laughs> goes nah, involved after they do all that stuff. That did that 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 those uh, those. Those clips made it to the on the cutting room floor. I think. Yeah, yeah, they weren't. Not you got five five minutes of excitement for four hours of paperwork. Yeah, I was watching as I got older, especially after I got in law enforcement. I'd see a cop saying, "Come on!" If I if I watched it, I'm like, "Yeah." I was like, "The only reason they didn't." Uh, he was that they went on with kids' gloves because them cameras was there. Oh yeah, listen, that was it was one of the. The less intelligent things I think we did, which is inviting, you know, inviting the TV crews with us. I mean, and back in the 90s in South Florida, you know. Oh, I, I know how. We will. I was policing in the 90s. It was yeah, kind of like we that rock, everywhere. We were rocking and rolling and uh, crack epidemic, you know, all that, all that nonsense. And uh, yeah, man, good times. Oh, yeah. Policing was way different than when I tell these youngsters now. They're like, I was like, y'all have no idea. You know what? I, I think, you know what? I mean, I said this the other day. I think they actually have it harder, man. Well, yeah, because I mean, back in the I day, can't imagine, back in the right? 90s, somebody mouthed off to you like they did now, and <sighs> they were going to pick some teeth up off the No, floor. man, you destroyed them. <laughs> and, you destroyed them. it's like now, I mean, you'd bring them to the jail bloody and shit and, you know, cuff them to the wall. Uh, now, if you show up at the jail and they got a little scrape on their pinky finger, oh, and they're like, oh, no. You got to bring him to the hospital and get yeah, him cleared. Get medically first. cleared, man. You're like, oh, yeah. God, it's like, this- so you know, that's a couple hours. But, but like back in the day, you'd bring him in there and that'd be, be like, Ugh. yep. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's a, it's a whole different animal now. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, since I'm still in though, I was t- saying something uh, just a couple of days ago. We we're talking, uh, we just went to the state, just went to a new crash report writing system. And oh, by the way, everybody. He's also a former motor man. He did his last seven as a motor sergeant too. So, but so he knows about working crashes. I'm sure. You know what? Listen, man, don't make assumptions like that, man. I was. You know why I went to motors? So you didn't have to work crashes. So, so, so I could just ride. I got paid to ride, man. That's. <laughs> I I wasn't heavy heavy in the traffic. Um, I loved riding, and uh, they were. You know, it, the timing of it all worked out, but. In my 30-year career, I probably worked. See, we, I used to patrol unincorporated, so the highway patrol would handle our wrecks and unincorporated. <laughs> I probably worked two wrecks in 30 years. Wow. <laughs> I, I can, the old apartment I come from, I do that in you know, a couple hours sometimes. But I bet. Yeah, no, I, I was fortunate. <laughs> yeah, because like I said, we worked all kind of crashes and stuff like that. 
I forgot where I was going at with the story, but that's what happens when you're unedited and unscripted. Like yeah, I said, man. He did he did his time on motors and stuff. There. Oh, the, the report stuff. Uh, yeah. Somebody was saying something. They just came out with the state come out with a new report system. Everybody's got to use and. The other one I was used to, it didn't take that long. This new one, uh, a two-car crash is about 15 different pages on a screen for a two-car crash now on a computer. And I was like, somebody said, I wish we'd go back to the old one. I said, I wish we'd just go back to using stencils because it used to be one piece of paper front and back, and we had a little stencils, and you hand-drew the the scenes and stuff. Right, throw the intersection in there. Yeah. Vehicle one, vehicle two, and then be done with it. Yep. Not no more. Everything. Uh, and the whole reason is the reason the crash report so long is it's all stats driven. Everything, everybody wants stats, stats, stats. Right. So you, I know you had to have, uh, especially being down where you were at, y'all had to have some hilarious uh, stuff happen to y'all. Oh, you know what? It's. It's it was never ending, man. You know the the thing that I'm kind of kicking myself is over the years, I wish I had a, kept a journal, right? I wish I kept a journal over the years, um, because you know so much you've you forgotten. Know, so much. Oh, you forget. somebody will say something. You know, I'll get together with a couple guys that are that were on the job that retired. You know, they live uh they live in the area with me, and uh, one of them will go, "Hey, you remember?" And I'm just. You know, or some will just click when they say something. It's like, oh, right. I, I told some of them little rookie and young guys now, I'm like, look, just get you a notebook. And when something interesting happens, write down like a little short report synopsis of the main stuff that happened or whatever. Great or if you advice. have to, or whatever. I think is, you know, like now, I mean, I've been almost at 30 years. So I've done, I've been and done so much stuff. There's, I know there's more interesting things I've done out there, but I just can't remember all of them. Right. It's like, and then something will pop in my head here or there. And it's just like, I called somebody, I remembered something. I called, remember somebody was there and I called them and asked them about it. And they remembered more of it than I did because I was like, I didn't want to tell the story and it'd be, you know, just all messed up. Right, right, right. So write it down, people, if y'all are listening. New in law enforcement, write it down. Hell, you may have a big old fancy book one day if you're on Memrock. Yeah, that would be perfect, man. I I just had to, you know, all my stories, you know, there there are a bunch of them. And uh, a a lot of them revolved around me just doing really messed up stuff. You know, I mean, stuff stuff you get fired for now, you know. I I, I know. (laughs) Yes, you know, um, I had a a good... uh, I, I used to have a problem drinking, you know? Okay, and, well, uh, that can be in the law enforcement community. Yeah, man. But see, the, the, the funny thing is, see, is I, I tell everybody I was an alcoholic when I got hired. And, uh, you know, people are like, how did that happen? I said, well, quite simple. I said, I had an alcoholic interviewing me, you know? <laughs> you, know <laughs> there are, you don't have to look too far, man, in this thing of ours. For, for, you, you know, well, it's kind of like... I refer kind of like the military. You got, yeah, you know, with the type of job we have with stress and stuff like that, just like people that are overseas, a lot of them, you turn it, some turn to alcohol, some will turn to drugs, or they'll be cheating on their wives using sex, or there, there's different little vices people will pick up. Yeah, man. Well, my, for, for the time, at that time in the, in my life, it was booze. And uh, we, what we used to do is I would run with a, gr- a group of guys, you know, we had, you know, five or six guys and we would ride our motors all day, you know, bar hopping, shooting pool, throwing darts, you know, hanging out. And then we would wrap it up about nine o'clock at night because we all had to be at work at 1030, you know? So oh, you, I, you know I, how- I used to start my weekends when I was younger, like on Wednesdays. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that's kind of the way we were rolling, man. And uh, this on this one particular night, you know, I'm I'm throwing up all over the place. I'm and in the shower. I'm trying to get ready for work, and and I don't even make it out of the driveway, man. I'm in my marked unit in full uniform, passed out over the steering wheel, and uh, my neighbor my neighbor came out. He called my wife, and uh, he was like, "Hey, something's wrong with John." You know, she knew she knew what was wrong with John. You know, and. Uh, 
she ended up coming out yelling at me, you know, getting crazy. And she ended up calling one of my buddies. And uh, this is how we, this is how we rolled back in the nineties. How it he used to be. He picked me up with another guy and he put me in a car and they drove me close to the district and let me sleep it off for about, you know, till about 4 a.m. And they covered all your calls for you. Handled yeah. all my calls, all, all shift. And everything was going good, man. Right up until the time the sergeant wanted to see me because I never made it to roll call. So, you know, I'm all jacked up still. And uh, he ends up, he was a, he was a cool guy, man. He, uh, he knew I was messed up. He sent me home, you know, man, I'm going, I'm like, man, this is, ter- I, I just got married. You know, I'm, I'm going to get my job. I'm going to get my, you know, this isn't the movies, man. You can't come to work messed up like that and keep your job. And so uh, I met with him and the other sergeant the following night. And uh, they were really cool about it. You know, uh, the cool thing about supervisors that have been in trouble. Yeah, they're they not. Don't ha- <laughs> if they don't have amnesia, man, they're more likely to give you a, you know, a second chance, you know. Most of them. Some, yeah, because somebody gave them a second chance, right? So they said, uh, hey, you got two options, man. We can command refer you. Or you can go get this taken care of on your own. So uh, I called the EAP, talked to a lady. She gave me a number for uh, an AA meeting of cops ran by cops. Four cops ran by cops. And this is back in 95, 96. Wow. So, uh, yeah, man. So I was like, I did my thing with that, you know, got my act together and, uh, you know, and it was on to the next, the next fiasco. Yeah, we had, <laughs> we had a guy, uh, like I said, this is back in the 90s and stuff. This don't go on now. Uh, we had an emergency call out, bad storm or something. Something came through, some emergency. It wasn't a crime emergency. It was some kind of natural disaster emergency. We showed up, and everybody knows that everybody was coming on. This dude was a bad alcoholic. Mm. And, uh, well, everybody got called out. Well, of course, you know, we, we knew how we didn't expect him to show up. We did. Well, this guy got out of his uh, his unit, and he never put it in park. So he's standing there. You just start going. So we jump in there. We end up parking it and making him ride with some, just, just, you know, making him ride with somebody else. Right. You know, nothing like it didn't get hurt or nothing. So nothing. Yeah. It's like nowadays, man, they would have, even though his guys working with him, they would have reported him and and everything else. I mean, there's so many times it's like, you know, I've like, I've brought people home that nowadays they would have like been in jail. And lost yeah. their career. Uh, oh, yeah. Just you know, I mean, some things you you couldn't, you know. If somebody was drunk and got in a crash, I mean, hey, you, at that point, man, something you just can't do nothing about. No, nah, you got something. You got somebody sticking out of the front grill of your car. Yeah, you know, you, you own that one. Oh know? yeah, but, but uh, it's definitely different. You ain't never. Uh, now we got a one of my co-hosts. He he was he was reserved for. Uh, what that is? Uh, he was a reserve for like shit forever. He don't do it no more. But he was probably reserved fifteen years. And uh, we call him Freebird. But his uh, his thing is, in all the time he did it, he never got that naked call. Huh? Never. He never. And he still, you know, this day. So we I always ask every one of my guests if they have some funny naked calls, just to pick on him since he's never had one. That's funny. <laughs> Naked calls, man. Yeah, the, 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 all the ones we had, man, there were people ripping their clothes off because they were overdosing on dope and they were burning up. You know, anybody you know, chase you with their cock or nothing. Yeah. Thank God. No, okay. Man. We had no. one guy, we, he said this, this, this black guy that was hung like King Kong come running at him. You know, was holding his penis with two hands and he was like, Oh shit. And he was running from the, the guy, you know, cause he didn't want to get. Oh down. my God. That's, you know, that's trauma right there. man. I mean, that's Real enough trauma. right there for a medical uh, retirement. Yeah. No, you're, you're, you're leaving the job after seeing that man. Oh my God. <laughs> What a mess. That's hysterical. The old free birds God. never had, uh, never got that naked call, though. Now, tell everybody, I say it's not that great because usually ones that are naked, you don't want to see them naked. No, no. It's, uh, it's like the nudist beach, right? Yeah, you know, 
No, it, it's not. It's not Cindy Crawford laying there. You know, it's Pamela, uh, old Pamela Anderson from Bay. No, Bay, it's not. Baywatch. That's not what's going on, man. You got a bunch of bunch of French Canadians coming down from Canada, man, sunning themselves. <laughs> well, you, know? you don't want. Don't want to see that. You were in Florida, so you the beaches and all that stuff. I mean, I was always wondering where, where, because I've been at the beach before, and I've never, you know, back in my thirties, I I was in decent shape, but I've never been. I bench pressed four hundred pounds, but I wasn't a shredded up six pack guy, you know. Right. Never been. I was like, I I've been in the beaches, you know. We have beaches. We go to Florida. We got you know Alabama right there, Mississippi. I've been to a lot of beaches. I've never been to a beach where I've seen all fine people. Hmm. I'll go to a beach and I'm like, damn, they make a bikini that big. <laughs> see that? See, it, 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 you, you got you got to confuse with the the the, the sail of a sail from a sailboat, right? <laughs> it's like, yeah, some, man. No, you know what? This is the thing with Florida, man. You know, it's uh, especially the further south you go. Um, you know, South Beach and, and all that nonsense, man. That's you know, that's a different that's a different level of uh, commitment down there for for people in uh, fitness and. That's like yeah. what Miami and all of them. Yeah, some people yeah, driving exactly. in Ferraris and stuff like that. All that craziness. Yeah. Yeah, I see a Ferrari yeah. and I'm like, wow. Yeah, they got some <laughs> crazy cars, man. The crazy cars. Everybody, uh, you know, they're doing their thing. They're doing their thing, the whole South Beach vibe. And dude, I am so, you know, I'm in bed by nine o'clock, man. Well, I'm not <laughs> quite. Of, I, I wish. The days of me going out and doing all that craziness are well, long since passed, man. Well, I don't go out. But, but I wish I could get to bed at nine o'clock because, you know, I, I still work full time motor. Then, you know, I got the podcast and. I'm glad my wife talked me into starting it because she was like, you always telling stories, y'all start it. And I'm like, yeah. yeah. So her and my stepdaughter finally talked me into it. And then it turned into this, you know, I didn't realize what I was getting into. Right. Or, or none of us because she used to like produce for me. And then she was like, yeah, I'm going to work on my cups and t-shirt business. And here it's all yours. And I'm like, I don't know how to do this go. crap. So it, we, we self-taught ourselves. But it's this has actually turned into my outlet now. Where, you know, because I like my whiskey here and there. I got, a, you know, a drink made right here with mostly Pepsi, right. but it's got a little nip of whiskey in it. But I don't hunt no more. I really don't go fishing or nothing no more. So what, I, when you went hunting, what were you hunting, deer? No, I never was a deer hunter. I'd rather go hunt rabbits and squirrels okay. and stuff like that. And uh, I just, I never wanted to go sit in a tree and freeze my ass off waiting to shoot baby. Right. No, I'll eat Bambi in a heartbeat. Right. <laughs> I just oh, yeah, it. no doubt. No doubt. But, yeah, we uh, when I was a kid and stuff, we used to have rabbit dogs and stuff and stuff like that. We just hunt rabbits and squirrels. Okay. But this sound kind of turned into my outlet. So how long ago did you retire? So I retired at the height of COVID. So, I mean, I just snuck out the door, man, 2020. Well, I guess you're kind of yeah. lucky on that. Actually, I didn't mind COVID. Because, you know, I was still full-time the whole time, and right. I was not forced to get the jab. Uh, okay. Thank God. Uh, we wasn't forced to get it. And, you know, I did have to put a mask on when I went into, like, the courthouse. Sure. And I would we'd walk from the courthouse, which was about 20 feet into the sheriff's office area, and everybody take their mask off. Yeah. So it's like, so basically, COVID didn't really bother me because, the traffic was great because I, I got a 40 mile ride each way back and forth to work. So I drive 80 miles from to work and COVID was great because nobody was working. Yeah. Everybody was off the road. <laughs> it was yeah, the you traffic. Had smooth, smooth sailing. Yeah. So I mean, from, you know, we did catch it and stuff. My, well, I caught it from my wife, but, uh, yeah, I, I think, there, man, they, they were, uh, I, don't, I think it's it's like a lot of things, man. Nobody knew what the hell was going on. Nobody had real facts. Everybody was panicking and overreacting. And I mean, I I got I got the vaccine, and I got it. I got I ended up catching it. You know, my wife got it. My daughter got it. Everybody everybody I know got it. And then they were like, "Oh well, really not a vaccine." Yeah. You're still going to get it. And you're just like, ah, whatever, man. Oh, but it's not going to be that bad. And then you're just like, man, just tell us you don't know. You know, it's tell us easier. you don't know. 
right? And then you know, you you know, we make our best, you know, best decision off of that. I wasn't expecting everybody to have all the facts, man, but you know, come on. If you don't know, you don't know. I can't tell you that. <laughs> Good God, that. right? I can I mean, say I don't. I tell people yeah. all the time. I'll have a rookie, I have some rookie or something come up to me and say, ask me something. I was like, I don't know. Because I've been in traffic for 20 years of my, almost, you know, almost my whole career, except for 10 years of it. I've been in traffic. Now, if you want something about a crash, I'm not an expert, but I've been, I'm not a reconstructionist. I've been to some uh, advanced classes and stuff. I just, don't like the math that goes along with the reconstruction. Yeah, it's pretty intense. I, I know how to reconstruct a crash. It's just I'm not certified. But if, you know, a rookie comes, I said, ask me about a crash. You ask me about traffic citations and anything traffic related, I help you out. Don't come asking me about no domestic violence laws and juvenile and drug stuff because I'm going to tell you, you know what, go talk to the narcotics guy because that's what he does. Yeah, right. And domestic yeah, violence no is completely changing constantly and stuff like that. It's like I know my little area and a little right. bit about the enough to get along with the other stuff. Sure. That's all you know that's all you need to know, man. That's hmm. all you need to know. So y'all rode Harleys also. Harleys and um there was, you know, every now and then BMW would give us a bike. To T and E because they wanted, you know, obviously they wanted the contract. Yeah, trying to get that business. Yeah. yeah so, but they would. Um, Honda threw a bike at us once, and uh, you know, it's uh, they just they they weren't for what we did. You know, they weren't they weren't uh, really functional for us. You know. Yeah, I got a uh, guy's been a guest a few times and helped coast. He's uh he's way up north. Okay, uh, and uh. He rides a Beamer. Now, we had one department down here. I think they've gotten rid of their bikes since this, but one department in a 200-mile radius project, they had Beamers one time. And uh, So I've ridden the Beamers before uh, super fast and right. agile. Uh, so, I, I mean, I, I rag on them and pick on them, but super fast is a great riding bike. And uh, I just like my Harley because – I work in the rural area, both of them. And so, you know, sometimes I, I could go, if it was a slow day, just like the other day, me and my partner, we decided to go up north in the parish, to, like y'all have county. I yeah. mean, just to go to a funeral, which they don't, didn't, they, they would have had the uniform do it because just one way to get to from where we were at in the main part, you know, the most populated part to where this funeral is located is a, is a little over half an hour drive just to get there. You know, and, and it's not like we're doing this ain't, you know, 20 mile an hour speed limit city roads We're you know, speed limit's 55. So, you know, you're doing 60, 65 miles. Sure, and it's, it's a half hour <laughs> to where you're going. Just one right, way right. to get there. So, I mean, it was a gorgeous day. It was uh 70 something degree. I said, I said, let's go do it. And we showed yeah. up up there and then two years they were like, what y'all doing here? Come to do the funeral. And, uh, uh-oh. <laughs> my meeting has ended. What happened? All right, everybody, we're back. There you go. Paused it. So where were we at? Talking about uh, the BMWs. Oh, yeah. I liked it, but it, it's nothing like, you know, sitting back on that Harley and, you know, like I said, yeah. just be able to just go ride. Do, uh, did you guys, we would run uh, we would run rifles in our saddlebags, short-barreled rifles in our saddle, saddlebags. I don't. My old department, they 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 got uh, some short barrel, like they actually fold, I believe. Right. And uh, I think some of the guys out around here have them themselves in there. Okay. I, I don't carry one myself. So I wish I had a little short barrel shotgun because I love a shotgun. <laughs> I, just bought yeah. my, I just bought myself a bullpup two weekends ago at a gun okay. show. 
I love a shotgun, perfect for home defense. I was, what the hell was that? There was a shotgun I wanted to pick up. It's got two, two barrels, two tubes. You can load one tube full of double lot. You can load the other tube with slugs. No, they had and one there. It was a D, DPS. Was yeah, they had one DPS. there. That one was a little. That one was like twelve hundred bucks. I just wanted to. I actually had it here, right here, because I was putting my. Uh, just put a foregrip on it. We make sure it's empty, which I'm sure it is. That'd be some shit, wouldn't it? Uh, it's empty. Ah, uh, see. Nice. I mean, that's a. <laughs> yeah, right. I got a five round mag and a okay, ten round mag. Okay, I was going to say, what kind of mag? It's right here. It goes right now. Yeah, here. man. Uh, I got a five and a ten. Probably ain't a good nice. I put this four grip on it. And I'm going to put some. I took the iron sights off. I'm going to get a aim point. But I got nice. that one for 355 with the two nice. mags. Somebody comes in and they get past my my puppies, then they can yeah. deal with me. <laughs> right, that's not likely, I'm sure. Well, I got there. I got a female. She's crazy. We are uh, because we got five Great Danes. Oh wow! This is come here, Duke. You got a little this horse is the, farm. This is the mutt dog right here. Hey, buddy, this is my old buddy. That's Duke the dog. Yeah, <laughs> hey, uh, the. the my big male's about 180 pounds, and he can get stuff off top of the refrigerator when he stands on That's the crazy. So if they get past them. No joke, man. But Duke right there, believe it or not, he is uh, he's more protective than them Great Danes are. Yeah, I uh, bet. Now, what kind of dog is Duke? Mutt. He's a mutt? He, uh, a I have no idea. A hound in him? Or? I, have, I have no idea. He, uh, we didn't mean to have five Great Danes. uh Oh, it's a long story, and other people already heard it. I won't get into it right now. Duke was my stepson's dog. Okay. And my stepson, uh, he went to fire academy. Uh, I actually used to get up early and bring him back and forth because he had wrecked his truck. He's not a fireman anymore. He decided uh, they didn't pay enough. He wanted to make more money. I told him to stick it out. He'd eventually make more money, but... Yeah, I'm an old fucker. What do I know? Yeah, what well, you don't know anything. He's in he's in the plants now, uh, but he come and stayed with. Actually, when me and his mom were dating, once his sister graduated school, uh, decided she was gonna do stupid. We I was either at her house or she was at my house. So I mean, it was stupid. We had two houses, right? So I said, move in with me because I I own I own my place. I inherited it when my parents passed, and uh. So I said, just move in with me. Well, the day she moved in, so did he. Oh, because okay. <laughs> he, he, he's like, he's, I'm going to stay. Can I stay until I finish Fire Academy? Sure, go ahead. Right. Well, that, that ended up being about two years. Uh, <laughs> the long Fire Academy. Fire, fire Academy wasn't that long. That's fine. Oh, Fam, family's family. But he, Duke, of course. Duke was his dog. Okay. And then when uh, he moved out, he's like, look, can, can y'all just keep Duke till I get my myself settled down on my feet? Well, that was probably about, what, eight years ago? <laughs> so he came over and he said, oh, Duke. I said, uh-uh, no, Mm-mm, that's not your dog. What? what? I said, uh-uh. I said, that's my dog now. I said, I, go. I feed him. That's my dog. <laughs> so... I told him, I said, even if you wanted them back now, you can't have them. Yeah, so, welcome to the family. He's Duke. mine, yeah. Duke, Duke's, yeah, Duke, he got his own, he's got his own little following, believe it, on the podcast and everything. Duke's That's dog. hysterical. So, <laughs> but, you, but Duke actually, you know, being, you know, he's probably about 50 pounds. He's not a big dog. 40, 50 pounds. And uh, he's more protective. Like I said, uh, Big Red came in and he didn't recognize him. And next thing I know, I'm in my studio and I hear Big Red in the kitchen area and he's like I heard him call my name I'm like what he said your dog with me I'm like so I hollered at him and he was he was standing out there he wasn't growling he just low growled and had all that hair and every time he moved yeah. he moved he wasn't letting him get into me like I said That's he's not funny. a not a big one but hey dog's man's best That's friend funny. he's happy to see me than the wife is right there's nothing wrong with that man <laughs> that got, makes perfect sense y'all got any pets I got a uh, bull mastiff. Oh, those are beautiful so, too. Yeah, and uh, and then, not unlike you, my daughter, she's she's 
back with us and she had two dogs. So we got three dogs here running around raising hell. Yeah. And, uh, well, you had a bull match with five great Danes and him. I go through a little over 50 pounds of dog food a week. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when I tell people that, that I don't buy, I buy Victor, which if I have any tractor supplies where yet you can try Victor and they're okay. not a sponsor, but they're grain free and corn free and gluten free. And you can get okay. a 50 pound bag. It went up somebody about for about 55 bucks. That's oh, wow. cheap for yeah. corn free dog food. Yeah, no and doubt. They've no been doubt. on it. And I got two great names that are over 10 years old. And I think it's because of the food and stuff. I fed them because that's wow. way, that's awesome. Way over their age limit. No, I was going to say that's the you know that's always been the downside to getting a big dog is that you know they just don't have that life life expectancy. But you still got two dogs going strong ten plus years that so you're doing something right. Yeah, so they uh, but Bull Mason, that's some that's some that's a drooling machine right there. Oh, he shakes his head. Don't even bother wiping anything down, man. Every time he shakes his head. Somebody's getting doused. We call that being slimed. Yeah, man. That's exactly what he does. He ends up sliming you. But, uh, yeah, he's a good dog. He's a good boy. So you never wanted to be a canine or nothing like that? I was. No, you I were was. a canine. I Here worked, we go. I worked that patrol dog back in the 90s, man, hunting people. You had a dual purpose? or um, So initially it was just apprehension. And then after 9-11, they cert- we certified him as a, a bomb detection dog after 9-11. So, uh, yeah, man. But you can have yeah, screw that because if he's detecting a bomb, that means I'm right there with him. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, I, you know, I think honestly, you know, we didn't work airports or anything like that. They was just like, listen, if your dog isn't dope, sir, you know, if you're not, if your dog's not cross trained and dope, just, we're going to cross them in, in explosion detection. And, you know, I guess, you know, again, that, they wanted more bomb dogs than, you know, we probably really needed at the time, but yeah, you know, that's I mean, what was jumping off. So, but yeah, no, he was an apprehension dog and, uh, I, I, funny story. Okay. You ready for the funny story? Bring it on. So I got my patrol dog and, uh, we had a robbery and I got, I got a description of the guy. I see the guy be bopping down the street. So I jump out and, uh, we had the releases on our dog, uh, on our back doors for the dogs and pop doors. I could, I could, yeah. I could pop the dog out. So I, I, I go up to the guy and uh, he starts getting froggy with me and uh, we start dancing. And so I push off cause I'm just going to let the dog take him at this point. I'm not going to fight with this fool anymore. So the, I punched the door. The dog comes to me. He takes the guy down. Um, and it's all, it's all good. I uh, dogs on, I cuff him while the dog's on. Drag the dog off. I got on the radio. I got some units coming to me so they can take this this knucklehead out of here. And I put the I threw the dog back in the car. And I turn around and the dog's back on him. I go, what the hell? So I'm just like, how the so I grab the the, the guy's just getting balls. He's just again. getting I'm eaten like, up now. Oh, <laughs> Get in the car. I grab the dog, and I shit you not, I put him back in the car. And no sooner than I put him back in, this is like a, a Keystone Cops episode. <laughs> I put him back in the car, and I look over my shoulder, and he's back eating the guy again. This happened twice. Poor you know, guy. Man, it's like God. I felt so bad for this guy. I was like. He's just like, I give up. I give up. <laughs> I quit. I promise. I, I give up. I go. So I'm looking and, um, yeah, but well, cause I'm a moron. Um, I, I closed the door after I popped it, but my, my walkway was open and my window was down. He was just coming out the front. He was just coming out the front. And I was just like, it, it was, it, it took me twice to figure it out. And I was like, and the dude was like, sir, I'm sorry. I go, I'm not going to put the dog on you anymore, man. It was, you know, it was my bad. I, I promise I'll never do it again. I'm going to oh, get yeah, her. No. I'm going to take up the priesthood now. Just and, Yeah. And you know, you know how sometimes those calls can go. Luckily he was, he was the legit, you know, guy that did the robbery. I mean, it was, 
But, you know, with my luck, man, it, it would have been, you know, they didn't ID him, and then I would have had to, you yeah. know, would have gotten like sighted. Well, was, was this back in the 90s, early 2000s? Yeah. You got to admit, especially since you, you just retired in Thunder, because I tell people this and they think I'm crazy. Back in the 90s, in the very early 2000s, the bad guys knew they were the bad guys. The good guys. So, in the, well, here, where I was at, the good it's like, I took a guy down. Well, I mean, I'm not, I won't get into the whole story, but that'll be after I retire. But anyway, he ended up with, with, with several, you know, very, very bruised ribs. Sure. Okay, like where he couldn't sit up the next day yeah. while in jail. Well, they went to him, and uh, they were like, asked him straight up if he wanted to file a complaint on me. Yeah, I know where you're going with this, man. Bad yeah. guy, bad guy looked oh. at him dead in the face and said, Nah, I deserved it. He just won. Yeah. I, people look I, at me, and I'm like, yeah. "It's true. They didn't complain." Back no, then. Well, listen, it, listen, and they everybody they, they you, you know, if you got them, you cut them dirty. You cut them dirty. You know, nine times out of ten, they were going to win. You know, they were going to get away with it. But the one time that you caught them, they were, you know, yeah. you got me. I was. It, it, that's you, you know, that's really a. That's a real accurate observation, man, because they, uh, I remember distinctly nobody, it was just a part. They, they knew that it was a part of doing business. Yes, it was part of business. I arrested a guy one time. I said no names, but, uh, it was way back. I said I was very early into my career. I took like five stitches in my knee that night and he got four days in the hospital and two and a half pints of blood and, uh, no gunshots were fired. We'll put it that way. Okay. Yeah. One day I will explain, go into detail and story people. Uh, but he was a bad guy, you know, right. of course, you know, he goes to jail, gets a little time, does this, you know, you're always dealing with the same people, frequent flyer. Right. The next time he would run from everybody. He always ran. He was running that night that all that stuff with us happened. Uh, every time he saw me coming after that, though, I was the only person he did not run from. Yeah. He'd be like, oh, deputy, uh, say my name. I ain't running from you. <laughs> so, and oh, the uh, day, he, now, of course, you know, he ended up uh, committing suicide umpteen years later, but, uh, you know, he massive drug problem. He never could beat or nothing. But, but I was right. the only one he would not run from. That's funny. But, you know, I yeah. mean, it was just a mutual respect, though. It's like, okay, you know, I'd say his name. Oh, no, no, sir, I ain't gonna run from you, but he'd run from everybody else. Yeah, and I, I was not the fastest person in the world. He just didn't want me catching him. <laughs> yeah, he knew he knew what was coming, man. He knew what was coming if you caught him. That's but funny. Nowadays, people, it's like I said, policing is no. different. Now, technology's great. Yeah. I, I always thought, man, that, you know, we. When we stop being feared by the bad guys, that's a huge problem, man. When 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 the wolf doesn't fear the sheepdog anymore, man, you know you got what you got now. And uh, well, it's just like you talk about in prison. I was a CEO beginning of my career, so I got into law enforcement after college. One more death state correctional. <clears throat> I was working. I worked in an open dorm before I moved on to a hobby shop. Open dormitory, state prison. These are convicts, okay? These are these aren't people, you know, waiting a trial. These people have been convicted, you know. And I worked right. I worked at uh I can say I worked at Elaine Hunt. It was the if you got convicted in Louisiana, you went here first. It was the intake for the whole entire state. Murders, rapists, you know, serial killers, everybody goes here first. And uh when you're you got two people you got two COs in a dormitory with 120 to 140 inmates. You're a little bit outnumbered. Yeah, yeah no doubt. You're, you're, the prison guards, period, are outnumbered by inmates in the prison. So, you know, the yard I was on, you'd have, you know, five, six, seven hundred people, and you'd have, you know, like eight guards. Right, yeah. I mean, really? I mean, come on. If they wanted, they, I mean, but you rule – you really have to rule by fear. And, you know, if they don't fear you, the 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 animals are gonna run a zoo. Yeah. And vice versa. Right. Now the public knows, especially in some of these other places, you're in Florida, Louisiana, we're not too bad, but you go like New York, California, Washington, places like that. 
they know there's no repercussions. The cops sure. going to get fired for doing their job. So this is what you get when yeah you get you get a free for all. Yes. Well, ginger, uh, where was it at? Uh, oh, in New York, I just saw news where that uh, Fox Fox contributing a reporter or something were just got beat up on a subway for defending some old man by like four teenagers. Really? Well, the teenagers were out of jail before he even got out the hospital. Yeah, that I don't doubt. <laughs> so it's craziness. Like, it's like, yeah, I used to like to go up to New York, believe it or not. Take the family, you know, walk around, go Times Square, you know, check out some of the sites. They used to be, you know, I haven't been up there in years, man. It's, you know, not until they get their act together. You know, I've never putting, been. I wanted you know, to go at one point to go see, you know, Lady Liberty and stuff like that, just to say I've been. But uh, yeah, that was after uh, it got cleaned up. Now, yeah, you couldn't give me a free I trip you, over if there. They, if they get their shit together, I, I would definitely go to that nine nine eleven memorial. Um, it's uh, I, I would I, that has to be something that you do before you leave this earth, man. It's well, up. that, and I want to go, even though everything's screwed up. But uh, I, I want to go to the Capitol. I want to go to. Right. I want to go to Police Week once, and hopefully come up soon before I retire. I'd like to do it while I'm yep. still active. And there's just some certain places I'd like to to be able to go see. And I think yeah. everybody should see the Capitol of the United States. But yeah, it's like they no like New York. They they definitely have to do something right now. I mean, that's like New Orleans. People don't realize New Orleans had the. Uh, we were they were number one in murder for the United States last year. Didn't have as many as uh, Chicago and stuff, but per capita of people, Understood, it was yeah. way more dangerous in, right. in New Orleans. <laughs> it's it's crazy. I mean, we just had a, a mass shooting in Baton Rouge this past weekend. Twelve people were shot inside of a nightclub. Okay, yeah, man. Thank goodness, no one. Thank God they can't shoot because nobody died. Twelve wow. people and I shot. Nobody died inside of a nightclub. And so, uh, yeah, it, it's it's crazy everywhere. Because I everybody's like, I'm, when I bash, I tell everybody I'm not just bashing on your city. Because I bash on on my own state and cities too right. around here. Because it's just shit. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah. Listen, I don't know what the actually. I know what the solution is, right? We all know what the solution. Oh, we is. know what it is, but they're not going to let us do it. Not right. <laughs> Now we uh, we're I, unfortunately I think we're we're past the point of no return on a lot of this and you know time to circle the wagons man oh that's you why know. I said I bought I got my guns got yep. my ammo and I told somebody asked me uh which uh you know we're an open carry state here okay uh so how do you like that I, it don't bother me I've been here all my life with it and yeah. uh, it, believe it or not it's, be, it's not people don't open carry like you think it'd be the I wild was gonna west say, I would even if I could open carry I wouldn't I, I don't want people knowing I got a gun on me but you'll have some people that I mean they do open carry so I mean it's I mean, yeah it, but people people around here don't even pay attention to it it's like Joe Blow walking into the store unless it's posted no firearms allowed uh, they'll you know you'll be seeing somebody you know with a gun on their side and nobody thinks about it. and you know you'll see the ones that are trying to especially if you're in uniform they'll keep turning it where I'm a cop and I can see it I'm like yeah I got one too yeah. I mean it's you, you, cool. stop. you keep turning it like that towards me I'm just going to take it from you because you're not doing very good weapon retention the way right. you can but but they do that but it's open carry uh, your vehicle is considered an extension of your home in Louisiana so you can put a if, as long as you can legally possess it as long as you're not a convicted felon and you can own a firearm you can put it anywhere in your car that you want if you want to mount it okay. under the dash you know, that's complex so when I pull cars over I automatically assume every car I walk up to has a gun in it right no doubt you know no so doubt. I watch some of that stuff on TV and I'm, people are like they're like oh I got a gun and they freak out and I'm like yeah I just pulled over somebody yeah. the other day I was like hey they're like yeah I got a gun right here in my console I'm like okay just leave it there yeah. they're like right you don't you don't want to get it? I'm like, no. I mean, I'm pretty sure if you wanted to shoot me with it, you wouldn't have told me it was there. Yeah, there's second a lot of, of things all, going, going in your favor at that point, yeah. man. If, <laughs> second of all, if it's stolen or something or you wanted to kill me, you wouldn't tell me it was there. So, yeah. No. I'm like, you don't touch yours, won't touch mine. They're just kind of That's a, that's a great me. way to explain it, man. It's like, so, I just know so many different 
laws and all that stuff all over the place. Yeah, no, I think that's uh, – I'm sure Florida will eventually go to an open carry state. You know? Y'all probably – one of the most – I'm surprised y'all don't have it because, well, DeSantis is – y'all got a great governor. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I wouldn't doubt it that that's not on the horizon, you know. Um, he's uh, very pro-Second Amendment and, you know. Like I said, when, out here, well, when you drive into the parish that I live in, there's billboards on the interstate that the sheriff office actually put out, and he says, it says, uh, it says we love our guns. It says that we love our children, churches, and our school, in, in, in gun, in our Second Amendment. Enjoy your stay. There you go. <laughs> As you come into the where I live at, so I have right. no doubt if I'm in my house. If I'm in my house and somebody kicks my door in and I call the sheriff's office or call number one and say, look, send somebody over here, somebody kicked my door in and I shot them, bring a shovel and a couple body bags yeah, because man. I shot them with my new shotgun with double lock buck and it kind of splattered them all over the place. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, they're going to come with the body bag and stuff. They're going to take a report. Yeah, I'm sitting in my house. Ding dong, kick my door in and I blast right. them. And, and that will be the end of it. We just right. had one a couple, probably a mile from my house. Guy was in his house, and his neighbor had been arguing. The neighbor came over, kicked the guy, well, just opened the guy's door and walked in his house arguing. The guy shot, gut shot at him. The guy stumbled mm. out and went in the road. They ended up uh, bringing him to the hospital. He didn't die. And after he got to the hospital, they arrested him yeah. for unauthorized don't entry. Be, don't be going into people's it, homes, It's man. not like in some of these other places, you know. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, it's a little nutty, man. A little nutty. Well, tell me about this book you wrote. Yeah, you know, I um, I, I figured out some things, right? Over 30 years, I figured out some things. I figured I'd pass some, pass some knowledge along to people still in it, you know? And so I developed a program from the book that addresses uh, the personal, professional, financial, physical, and mental health of our guys. So through a series of life experiences – alcoholic, addict, adulterer, you know, that's just the A's, right? You know, we get to the B's, C's, and D's, man. This is going to be a long podcast. <laughs> but, uh, no, nah, man, it's a bunch of stories, a bunch of um, things that guys can do, guys and girls can do to stay ahead of it, right? So they don't end up, you know, in the trick bag, and they end up being able to do 30 years and come out on the other side, actually in one piece, you know, doing, doing better for it than not. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's, that was the book. And I, um, you know, it's called surviving self-inflicted wounds because the other, the other part of all that man is all the problems I had, I created, <laughs> they were mine, you know, got no, got nobody to blame, but me. So, uh, I put, yeah, I put it together and it's, um, it's kind of like a, a, a journal or how to, to have a healthy life and career, you know, bouncing off some of the mistakes that I made and some of the, you know, some of the positive things that I figured out. And um, yeah. And like I said, so that's uh, that, that's, I use that book for, for the pro I put a program on, I speak or at different agencies at conferences, you know, just trying to, trying to help folks that are still in the middle of this thing. Yeah, I mean, best way to learn is from, is from somebody that made the mistakes. Yeah. Because that's yeah. When, when I'm teaching you guys, that's how I do it. I'll tell them, you know, I'm like, look, don't do this. You might want to handle it like this. That's because I did it the other way and it was wrong. Or, yeah. or, or I, you know, I, was, uh, I wasn't I was the alcoholic, but, I mean, I, I've said it on here before. I mean, I was definitely the adulterer. I mean, my poor wife now, I mean, I mean Thank God she put up with me, but I mean, this, she's my six. This is number six for me. There won't that be a seven. A record, dude, won't. That is a that is a re- listen. <laughs> I'm impressed now because uh, that's I've I've heard three. I think I heard it like someplace there was a guy that had four. No, I got you sir. I'm you sure six. have the record, my <laughs> yeah. friend. Six, I'm one six, and uh, this will be the last one. I finally, and I mean, I'm afraid. To, back in the day, if you'd ask me, you know, I I could come up with an excuse for here or there, you know. When uh, uh most of them, ninety nine percent of them were my fault. That reason I got divorced is my right? fault. Yeah, that's uh, it, man. But you gotta, like I tell all these guys all the time, it's like, look, uh. The grass, I'm going to tell you where the grass is greener at. 
telling you where the grass is greener at. The grass is greener on top of the septic tank because that's where all the <laughs> shit's at, okay? You don't want to eat yeah. shitty grass. No. And uh, my, one of my, it wasn't my saying when my buddy thought something might come up with that. I don't know if it's his or not, but uh, it's true, you know, because as we know, that badge will attract women. Yeah. But look what it's attracting. Better look at what you got at home first. Think about yeah, who man. You, think about who you're hurting and stuff like that. That's one hundred listen, because we don't we don't think it all the way through, man. We don't think it all the way through. And then uh by the time we realize that we, we're sideways and we're all jacked up and sometimes we can't come back from that. Yeah, well you said financial, I mean they need it because it's cops. One of the part thing is it's it's like They'll just buy crap they don't need. Hundred <laughs> percent, man. Buying crap that they don't need to impress people that they don't know. Yep. It's like you'll see. I've seen it all the time. You see a cop living in this big fancy house driving his car. I'm like, he's a cop. I know he's stretched out. And of course, he might have all that stuff, but he's working seven days a week, eighteen working hours a it. day too, and not having no life. No, that's uh, ends up. Uh, we end up doing that to ourselves. So. I don't think I asked you. My thing is, are you, since you're tired, how, how do you turn off? How do you turn off? Or I mean, I know you can't completely turn it off, but how do you turn off? Like, turn off. How do you turn off? Or I mean, I know you can't completely turn it off, but how do you turn off? Like being cop mode, you, being a civilian. You know what? It's um, like I still I carry a gun everywhere I go. I always got a gun on me. Uh, I still always sit kind of with my back to the door. I, you know, I don't. I'm always, you know, scanning and, you know, but not like, like a crackhead, you know, I'm just, you know, yeah. I'm just, I'm just uh, trying to be aware. But, um, it, the, the, when I started after I retired, you know, I knew I wasn't done, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm relatively young. And so I stayed, you know, I started this little business, you know, kind of in a way to stay connected to the people that I care about. And, um, but I, I was never, like that guy that, uh, you know, people would meet me when I was in my civilian clothes. And if they didn't know me, um, like the best compliment they could give me was, Hey, shit, I didn't know you were a cop, you know, because <laughs> you're right. Cause right. I, well, you know, I scream for some reason. I don't even have the, the, you know, the military haircut or nothing, but yeah. it's like, everybody looks at me and like, you, you, I just scream cop. And as you know, like, yeah. I, I mean, I wear my, my pot, my own podcast t-shirt and stuff down, but right. I don't, I don't walk around, you know, I don't have blue line stickers on my car. I don't wear you right, know, right, all that right. stuff. But they said, I just look, well, of course, I look like, you know, I'm told all the time that, you know, you look at me, it's like, what you mad about? And I'm like, nothing. You look like you're right. going to bite somebody's head off. I'm like, that's called a raft face. I'm arresting asshole face. I can't help it. It's the way I look. But, <laughs> but it's just like, you know, I was just wondering because, I'm, like I said, I'm, you know, I'm real close to retiring. My thing is, and I talked about it on the other episodes, like, so I've been asking people, how, how do they turn it off when they retire? Because it's like, all right. You know, we're having that badge and, and enforcing, you know, the laws and doing this for 30 something years. And then you become like a normal person. Yeah. You know, I was fortunate, man. I never kind of I never believed my own bullshit, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> I just, I, you know, I just I didn't figure it out until the end. And, and so once I did, you know my priorities and, and like what defines me as a man and you know, how, what my why is, mm -hmm. you know, like, like if for, for somebody that's getting, you know, close to retirement, you know, my, my advice is be, you got to find your new mission. You, you got to find like the new thing that wake that you, that pulls you out of bed every morning that you want to do, you know, whatever it is. Cause I know a lot of guys end up retiring and they, they don't know what they're going to do. And so, you know, that, that can be a messed up place to be. So, you know, I, I just, my why was like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to continue helping the guys and the girls that are in the middle of it and pass along some knowledge and some, some, some life experiences. And so that's kind of, that's how it worked out for me. You know, that sounds great. Well, we've been going for a while. Uh, yeah, man. 
Do you have a podcast or something? I see your equipment there. Yeah, man. I got a little thing I do. It's uh, So I got my website, lawenforcementlifecoach.com. Got a podcast, talk about all sorts of stuff, and got the book. And, you know, I'm, I'm running around the country doing this and that, trying to get in front of people. and That's what the name try- of the podcast is, too. Yeah, Sometimes Heroes Need Help podcast. Y'all hear that, right, Younger? Check that out also. Uh, well, Sergeant, we appreciate it. Don't hang up yet. I'm not even going to do the outro. I'm going to add it in later. We appreciate it. If you ever want to come back on or if you need anything, <clears throat> you know how to get in touch with me. I do, man. I appreciate you. Everybody go check them out. I'll put uh, stuff, links in the description also for them. And, uh, y'all stay safe. <laughs>